Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. No team has scored more than 16 against that team so far this year. Not just you, but what to say about this offense that you guys more than doubled that. We work, man, we... Week in, week out, we were working. You know, we're trying to get better each and every week. And it starts on the practice field in the film study. And that's what we do. You know, we get with each other. We talk about stuff um, throughout practice, you know, just like it's a game. Like, we be really mad when we don't complete a pass or if we make a mistake. You know, it, we just treat every day, um, each and every day like it's a game day. So, Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. This is episode 32. Once again, I'm your host, John June. It's a solo pod, but don't worry, I got you covered. Guys, week nine was crazy. Uh, we had a bunch of crazy scores, a lot of high performances. Um, so, you know, we're going to jump right to it. But before we get to that, I just want to I just want to say I know uh, you guys and gals getting ready for the championship run, getting ready to go to the playoffs and earn some chips, get some of that money if you're in a money league. Um, but so right now, just some things to remember: it's cuffing season, guys. And no, we're not talking about the, your personal relationships. We're talking about your star running backs. Uh, you have to start dropping off, dropping those extra uh, quarterbacks. Uh, dropping those maybe those receivers you might you might be holding on to that that are borderline flex plays um you know understand holding defenses if you're streaming defenses for for uh good playoff matchups and whatnot but uh start adding your handcuffs to your running backs uh that are on you know those especially those high profile running backs like if you got a Zeke Elliott you want to make sure you have Tony Pollard on your bench if you've got a Dalvin Cook You've got to have Alexander Madison. If you've got Run CMC, you know Christian McCaffrey, then you've got to have Reggie Bonifon on your bench. Um, and this is a time to do it because uh, whether it's waiver priority or fab, um, you don't want to have to be outbid or um, you know out outworked on the waiver wire to get your handcuff if you know one of these guys were to go down. So you want to make sure you have yourself covered. Uh, and you want to do that. And hey, if, if the owner hasn't done it, um, you go ahead and you do it um, because, you know, that that's like a lottery ticket. We t- we've been talking about it all year uh, and, and, you know, it, it's not worth it until it happens. So you got to be weary of that. Be mindful of that and get ready. So, you know, on on the Thursday episode, we'll do, um, you know, we'll give out some tips to help get ready for the playoffs, help. Um, you know, give you some tips on how to how to start managing your team, how to start thinking, because um, you know we got to play the game within the game, guys. So let's get ready to do that. But you know, let's get to these top performances. Starting at the quarterback position, as we always do, Russell Wilson, the QB one on the week. My man went twenty nine of forty three, three hundred seventy eight yards, five passing touchdowns. Also added twenty one rushing yards with. One two-point conversion. That was good for 39.22 FanDuel points. This man, Russell Wilson, was a man possessed on, on Sunday. He was absolutely out of his mind. 
um, you know, throwing touchdowns left and right. You get a touchdown pass. You get a touchdown pass. You get a touchdown pass. This man was crazy. Um, uh, you know, he just was tearing up this Tampa Bay defense. You know, we talked about it on the preview. This game was going to be a shootout. Uh, these defenses aren't, neither one of them are really good. Uh, and you've got a Tampa Bay defense uh, offense that gets vertical on you. So Russell Wilson, he was going to have to shoot out. Um, you know, so happy to see him continue this MVP run. This guy has 22 touchdown passes on the year. That's through nine games. Uh, this guy absolutely got to be the, the front runner for the MVP candidate. The QB two on the week, that would be Jimmy G. My QB stream of the week, as Greg would call him, the most handsome QB in the league, Jimmy G. Jimmy G went 28 of 37, 317 passing yards, four touchdowns. That was good for 28.88 fan duel points. Uh, what can we say, man? Jimmy G, he was absolutely great on Thursday night, led the Niners to a victory. Uh, led the Niners to a to an eight no record, uh, but you know he was tore up this Arizona defense. It was a, a really bad Arizona secondary, like we like we known it would be, uh, and so he absolutely just just uh, if you you know you went with that leap of faith, you started Jimmy G. He he definitely came through for you and delivered. Third on the list, that would be our man Lamar Jackson. He was good for seventeen of twenty three, one hundred sixty three yards. One passing touchdown also added those 61 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. That was good for 28.62 fan duel points. That's right. We set the over under at 21 and a half. Greg took the under. I took the over. Had a little bet on it. It's cool, but 28.62 fan duel points. That's what Lamar gave to you against this vaunted Patriots defense. Look, man, we talked about it. We were debating it. Um, Lamar Jackson, he's he's a little bit different, man. He runs this this offense, this option offense. He runs it runs through him, uh, and they attack this this New England defense like like we've been saying for like three weeks now. You can attack this New England defense on the ground. Uh, Belichick's gonna figure it out. So, but as fantasy owners, uh, as DFS players, uh, we've got to be uh, you know we've got to take advantage of this while we can. Uh, because, you know, that's definitely something that we want to uh, continue to target going forward, uh, especially if you're playing DFS, because if your competition's, the competition's not in on this, uh, you know, that we, you know, we're attacking this, this New England run game, if possible. Obviously, New England run game, not always going to be in favorable game script like Baltimore was, um, but, you know, something to keep an eye on going forward as we, as we continue to set our lineups and things like that. So rounding up the top 12, we got... Greg's QB star of the week. That's right. Matthew Stafford finishing as the QB4. Ryan Tannehill is the QB5. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the QB6. Kyler Murray, QB7. Kirk Cousins, QB8. Jameis Winston is the QB9. Deshaun Watson, the QB10. Derek Carr, uh, QB11. And then Josh Allen finishing up as the QB12. Um, again, recording this at just after halftime of the Monday Night Football game. So, uh, you know, these Cowboys and Giants are still playing. But performances that stick out to me, again, Greg's back-to-back start of the week, Matthew Stafford. He's got to be the guy that sticks out here. Uh, 26 of 41, 406 passing yards, three touchdowns in a shootout, 20, a 24-31 loss to the Oakland Raiders. You know, as we were talking about when uh, on Johnson went down, uh, Lions running back carry on Johnson when he went down Matthew Stafford was going to have to carry this offense on his right shoulder and that's what he's been doing uh, with these receivers Kenny Galladay 
Marvin Jones, you even Danny Amendola was getting in the mix. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson even got involved on Sunday. So you know Matthew Stafford, he's gonna have to uh, carry this offense. He's gonna have to carry this team, especially uh, you know this this Detroit defense was good to start the year, but um, you know they've been trending in a downward direction as we've noted here on this podcast. So we've been trying to target them and attack them. Uh, and that's that's something that seems to be continuing going forward. So we're going to have to continue to attack them. But, you know, going forward, these Lions pieces become that much more valuable because they're going to be in higher scoring games, as we saw the last two weeks. So, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, these guys are, are going to have more useful weeks, even higher scoring weeks, um, especially with the rate, you know, Matthew Stafford throws the ball down the field. He attempts the deep ball at the highest rate in the league. Uh, and then, you know, you consider these two receivers, Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Kenny Galladay, I mean, we'll get to him in a minute. Um, but, you know, these guys are absolutely phenomenal in what they're able to do down the field and, and in the red area, scoring touchdowns. Uh, other performances that stick out to me, uh, Ryan Tannehill, again, you know, he finishes at the QB5 this week. Um, but since overtaking the starting job for the Tennessee Titans over from Marcus Mariota, uh, he's been operating as a top 12 quarterback, uh, finishes, a Q, I think, just outside the QB 12 range in his first start. Uh, but these last two starts, you know, finishing inside the QB 12 and then, you know, this one finishing inside the QB 5. So I think this is here to stay. Um, and I think this is good news for the Titans offense going forward. Other performances that stick out to me, Derek Carr, uh, he was my honorable mention QB start of the week and QB stream of the week. Don't really know how that one works out, but you know it make we'll make it work. Um, but he's another one. This Oakland defense is it's bad, uh, so it's one that we want to target going forward. And then he looks so much better in this John Gruden offense this year, especially when you consider. Uh, Josh Jacobs, and we'll, obviously we'll get to him in a second. Uh, but you know the weapons that they have in Tyrell Williams and Darren Waller. Uh, you know this this Oakland offense is one that uh, definitely like definitely want to have the pieces to. Um, other positive performances, you know Matt Moore obviously uh, gave us a, a, a semi stream of a week. You know didn't really fi- didn't finish inside the top twelve, but uh, he was okay again. Um, you know, but most importantly. The Chiefs pieces were okay. Um, so, you know, we'll move forward to the running back position. And the RB1 on the week, of course, it's no surprise. That would be Christian McCaffrey, run CMC. A man had 24 carries, 146 rushing yards, two touchdowns. Also got you three receptions for 20 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. Um, obviously, what is there more to say about this man? He got you three total touchdowns, uh, you know, 36.1 fantasy points and half point PPR. This guy is just absolutely doing it for, like, he's just doing it for you every single week. Uh, He's on this list. You know, we talk about him all the time. Uh, I'm, you know, there's nothing left to say about him. If you play fantasy football, you clearly know Christian McCaffrey. So we're done with this conversation. Kenyon Drake, uh, he finishes as the RB2. Nobody saw this coming. No Kenyon Drake truthers. And I'm not a Kenyon Drake truther, um, but you know I, I like to buy low when I when I can. But Kenyon Drake, uh, 15 carries, 110 yards, one rushing touchdown. Also had four receptions for 52 receiving yards. Also added a two point conversion. That was good for 26.2 FanDuel points. Kenyon Drake, obviously, we talked about this performance from the previous uh, in the previous episode uh, when we reviewed the Sunday games. 
uh, previewed the Sunday games and recapped the Thursday night game. But again, uh, David Johnson coming back, we don't really know how that's gonna have to how that's gonna how that's gonna affect Kenyon Drake's workload going forward. But maybe the, these guys each are you know RB two flex flex possible uh, flex plays going forward. So we'll have that's a situation we're gonna have to monitor. But we don't have, really have a whole lot of time to think about it because got this matchup coming coming up against Tampa Bay. Um, so gonna have to see how we're gonna navigate that one. And then someone who finishes RB three on the week that would be Melvin Gordon. Man had. 20 carries, 80 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. That was good for three receptions and 29, 29 yards. This was a 26-11 domination uh, of the L.A. Chargers over the Green Bay Packers, which made up for great game script for Melvin Gordon in this one. Um, something that, uh, and kudos to Greg because uh, he, you know, he, he, he really was all about Melvin Gordon in this matchup. But one thing that we failed to know, and I'm, you know, I'm going to blame this on myself because. You know, I, I failed to mention it or note it, um, but Melvin Gordon, the L.A. Chargers, they they actually fired their offensive coordinator earlier in the week, um, and Melvin Gordon goes out, has this game. They ask Melvin Gordon if you know if he's getting more accustomed to playing the you know playing football. Uh, again, he said, "Yeah, you know, taking it day by day." Uh, and then they asked him if you know the the firing of the offensive coordinator had anything to do with his performance or you know the success the run game was having and he said oh yeah definitely so no love lost there i think that uh there was definitely an issue with the with the lack of 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 volume that the running backs were getting 20 carries that was a lot for melvin gordon um you know he had only been seeing 12 or 13 before that uh, and the best part was austin eckler was still usable in this one so um you know, Melvin Gordon finished as top three running back. I think that's something that we can trust going forward. Uh, rounding out the top 12, we had Josh Jacobs finishing as the RB4 on the week. Derrick Henry is the RB5. Devin Singletary is the RB6. Dave Montgomery, RB7. Damian Williams is the RB8. Duke Johnson as the RB9. Lev Bell as the RB10. James White finishing as the RB11. And then Ronald Jones finishes in the finishing as the RB12, actually tied with Philip Lindsay. Um, performances that stick out to me. Josh Jacobs, again, 28 carries in this one. He's becoming the bell cow for this this Raiders offense. Uh, and, you know, this matchup against Detroit, this was, was a juicy one. We alluded to it when we talked about this game. But, uh, you know, he's becoming the bell cow. Two rushing touchdowns in this one as well. Um, you know, he was absolutely phenomenal. And then Derrick Henry in this matchup against this Carolina Panthers defense, uh, you know, only 13 carries, but did get involved in the receiving game, had a screen pass that he took for a touchdown, um, a long one. So, but he had three catches for 36 yards and a receiving touchdown uh, that I previously mentioned. So that was a good day for him. And then Devin Singletary, man, getting 20 carries. And then, and then Frank Gore had had just about 11 or 12 carries some, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so that was great to see Devin Singletary, um, you know, not even being game scripted in this game, uh, being able to get involved in the run game, not just the pass game. So that was wonderful. Um, and then David Montgomery getting two rushing touchdowns in this one, uh, you know, also adds 36 receiving yards on three on three receptions. So that was that was good to see. Uh, I'm just curious to see what this offense looks like going forward, because, you know, Mitch Trubisky does not look great man I, I i i have to admit that so that would give me some pause about this offense going forward we saw obviously um you know we'll get to the receivers in a minute but we saw how that reflect how that affected some of the receivers on the team 
Um, and then Damian Williams, this is one that sticks out to me. He, um, you know, this Minnesota Vikings defense, we've been talking about it. It's one that's vulnerable, definitely vulnerable in the air, um, but, you know, on the on the ground as well. So that's something to monitor going forward. But Damian Williams, uh, you know, it was it's tough to recommend a Chiefs running back because you don't know these days who's going to be the starter. But for now, it seems like Damian Williams is the guy. Um, you know, had 12 carries, 125 yards, and one touchdown. The one touchdown being a 91-yard touchdown, which he was hawked by, uh, you know, the cheetah Tyree kill. Um, so if you have, you have to watch that video. It's absolutely ridiculous. But uh, Damian Williams, he seems to be the guy right now. So that's something that we're going to have to watch going forward. Um, and then Ronald Jones, man, you know, he had eight, 18, 18 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. Also added two receptions for 15 yards. And then Bruce Arians came out today and said that Ronald Jones is the starting running back um, for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He says that Peyton Barber has not done anything has not done anything wrong. He's just Ronald Jones has just been more explosive. So um, you know, obviously we're gonna get to the waivers in a minute, but Ronald Jones, somebody that we definitely have to. Definitely have to uh, talk about going forward. Um, and then Jordan Howard, he was my start of the week. Got you 19 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, just finished right outside the RB12 range. Uh, finishes RB14. Um, so you know, that was a good a good week against the Chicago Bears uh, run defense. That again, we're going to continue to target guys. So let's keep doing that uh, until until they prove us until they prove us wrong. All right, now it's time to get to those receivers. Tyler Lockett finishing as the wide receiver one. Uh, Russell Wilson went bananas, so that means Tyler Lockett. He had to go bananas too. 13 catches. That was good for 152 yards and two receiving touchdowns. Guys, the Seahawks don't throw it a lot, but when you when they are in a spot like they were in this one where the over-under was 52.5 and, and you know Tampa Bay is going to throw it all over the yard and we know Seattle's defense is bad and Seattle's going to have to throw Tyler Lockett is going to have a huge day. Uh, Russell Wilson, he he goes to Tyler Lockett. He's Tyler, Tyler Lockett is his most targeted receiver. So when the when the uh, Seahawks find themselves in these blow up spots, they find themselves in these games where Russell Wilson has to throw because we know, like we talked about on the on the the run into this episode, uh, the, the Seahawks. They they want to run the ball. They run the ball fifty percent of the time in neutral game script. They, that's what they want to do. They want to run the ball. Uh, you know, like we kind of alluded to, would be the case in this matchup. Tampa Bay. They are very good at stopping the run. They weren't going to be able to have very much success running the ball down Tampa Bay's throat. Uh, Tamp- and then on the other side, Tampa Bay's offense was going to continue to attack the Seattle defense like they did. This game ended 40-34, to went to overtime in Seattle's favor. Uh, Seattle, Seattle ends up winning as Russell Wilson throws his fifth touchdown in overtime. But these games are going to continue to be blow-up spots. And Tyler Lockett, he's going to blow up in these spots. Um, and then, obviously, you know, only fitting that the number two receiver on the week comes from also this same game. That would be Mike Evans. He got another 30-point game, back-to-back 30 points. Uh, man had 12 catches, 180 yards, and a touchdown. He had 198 yards last week. Uh, that's back-to-back 180-yard receiving days. Uh, Mike Evans was just a blow-up spot. He's the number one receiver on the year. And that's right. That's what a bye week and a zero 
So, uh, you know, there's nothing else that we could that we could say, man. Mike Evans, he's just yes, it's volatile sometimes, but you know, this is what you want. These thirty point weeks, this could win you a week. Um, it's you know, it's very hard to find. You know, go find the Mike Evans owner in your league, and I promise you, they pro they they most likely won their matchup. So that you know that it's these are the kinds of weeks that you want. Um, and you know, there's nothing, you know, nothing bad about Chris Godwin, you know, back to back single digit games, you know, those are going to come, but th these are, this is going to flip the same way it tilted, uh, from my, you know, uh, Chris Godwin it tilted heavily in Chris Godwin's favor. And, and it, now it's tilting back in Mike Evans favor. It's going to tilt back in Chris Godwin's favor too. So, uh, we have to trust and believe that, but you know, Going forward, the number three receiver on the week, only fitting that this receiver also came from this game. That's right, DK Metcalf. Man had six catches, 123 receiving yards, got you a touchdown, also added a two-point conversion, and got you seven rushing yards. Uh, DK Metcalf, he's been hot lately. Uh, you know, we talked about it since the Will Disley injury. DK Metcalf's probably going to be someone that benefits very much from that injury uh, because, you know, this Seattle offense... Russell Wilson, it runs through people, not positions. So it's about who he trusts the most. And DK Metcalf, through very, you know, very short into his rookie season, is very high uh, on on Russell Wilson's trust list. Seems like I guess you could say he's in Russell Wilson's circle of trust. So you know, that's something that I want to continue to do is, is start DK Metcalf in my flex uh, as a wide receiver too with this crazy high upside that he has finishing wide receiver three on the week. Um, obviously, again, uh, game hasn't been finished, but, you know, this is within his range of outcomes, and he's attached to Russell Wilson, who's, you know, throwing a touchdown pass when he sneezes, so I want a piece of that, any chance that I can get it. Rounding out the week, finishing as the wide receiver four, Tyreek Hill, the wide receiver five, Marvin Jones, wide receiver six, Preston Williams, as a wide receiver seven, Kenny Galladay, wide receiver eight, Emmanuel Sanders, the wide receiver nine, Mohamed Sanu, the wide receiver 10, Jamison Crowder, the wide receiver 11, Zach Pascal, and the wide receiver 12, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, some performances that stick out to me, obviously we talked about the Seattle receivers, uh, talked about Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill again, six catches, 140 yards, and a touchdown. Also got you five rushing yards. Uh, he's got this crazy safe floor, uh, and his ceiling is still there. And guys, Tyreek Hill's only gonna get better when Pat Mahomes comes back. It's it's crazy. Um, you know, I have a lot of Tyreek Hill scattered everywhere, and the way I look at it, it's almost like he gets when he gets better it's like you almost got a player added to your team but you didn't lose anybody you still have Tyreek Hill and it's awesome so uh he's still got this crazy safe floor with this crazy high upside and I, that's something I want to continue to have on my teams um you know and then obviously the Lions receivers uh Marvin Jones eight catches a buck 26 and a touchdown Kenny Galladay four catches a buck 32 and a touchdown uh, and again, they were fine. They found themselves in a blow up spot here. And, Mar uh, you know, Matt Stafford, he's going to go to his two guys, Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay. This is within the range of outcomes for both of them. So, um, you know, I really like that. And then Preston Williams, what a bummer, man. You know, we talk about this guy almost every week, it seems like. And he has what's, what amounts to his best day, five catches, 72 yards, two touchdowns, good for 21.7 FanDuel points. And then he goes out and tears his ACL. And that's just an absolute bummer. So hope he gets better soon. 
and because you know he undrafted free agent was on pace for a thousand receiving yards. Uh, that's really hard to do, especially as an undrafted rookie. So, um, you know, hopefully he gets better soon. And then going forward, you know, obviously Emmanuel Sanders. We talked about him in the last pod. Um, that's someone you could trust as a wide receiver too, with wide receiver one upside going forward. Um, Muhammad Sanu also transitioned, transitioning to this new team in New England, and he was a go-to guy. It seemed like for the Pats on um, on Sunday Night Football, in what was a great game, by the way. Failed to mention that earlier, but um, you know he he was definitely great in that regard uh, as a as a safety valve for Tom Brady. They seemed like they were on the same page versus the week before where, you know, they missed on a couple of things. So I think Muhammad Sanu is somebody that we can trust going forward uh, as a as a flex with some wide receiver two upside. Um, you know, 10 receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. That's really good volume. Um, and then Jamison Crowder, he had a really good day. Eight catches, 83 yards, and a touchdown. But uh, honestly, guys, I, I don't want to recommend any Jets players going forward. Um, if I find it very hard to do because – you know, we talk about range of outcomes, range of outcomes, and uh, as we as we saw outside of just the football game, but it's within the range of outcomes for for these guys to just fall flat on their faces, um, whether it's because of the offensive line or the you know Adam Gase being a terrible coach or uh, Sam Darnold making poor decisions, whatever it is, uh, this this team it's within the range of outcomes for for them to be in bad spots. So you know you have to understand that when you put some of these guys in your lineup, but uh, you know, going forward, I don't, I don't see the upside to putting any of them really in my lineup outside of, of maybe, maybe a Le'Veon Bell. Um, so, but who's also he's popped up with an, you know, a knee injury, a potential knee injury. So we'll have to monitor that situation going forward. So Zach Pascal, though, he's somebody that intrigues me a lot. Uh, obviously, Jacoby Brissett, he got injured. Who we'll talk about in a minute when we cover the the waiver wire and, and news and, and whatnot. But you know, he's still able to operate as the as the Colts number one receiver uh, obviously T.Y. Hilton he's going to be out for some time uh, they're talking about potentially being three weeks so you know that's something that you know we'll have to monitor going forward but I think Zach Pascal is somebody that's usable uh, and if if that if Tyreek Hill obviously is out for some extended period of time but um, you know this Colts offense it still seems to be productive obviously it's going to continue to run through Marlon Mack but I, you know they've got to throw the ball to somebody and uh, it's got to be someone other than the tight end. So I like that. Um, and then Cortland Sutton, he really stuck out to me too because, you know, the question was, will he be able to, to uh, operate with Brandon Allen? Will he be able to still be able to produce? But he was able to do that. So I uh, really like what we saw from Cortland Sutton. Hunter Renfro, five, uh, six, for 60, six for 54 and a touchdown. That was really nice to see from Hunter Renfro, who, again, if he's going to be in these spots with, uh, you know, this Oakland uh, this Oakland pass offense and this Oakland pass defense being as bad as it is on the other side, then, you know, he's somebody that will want to continue to play. Um, and then, you know, Devontae Parker, it, he, obviously uh, he's going to be targeted more going forward. Uh, DJ Moore had a nice game as well. Uh, Mike Williams, three catches for 111 yards. Um, I don't have the target number right here in front of me, but, um, you know, he's someone – Again, we saw we'll talk about it every week. But if you play FanDuel, I would play him literally every week because the game where he catches a touchdown or maybe two or three touchdowns is coming, um, and you don't want to really miss out on that. Uh, and that's that's all I we got for the receivers. So you know, let's head to the tight end position. The number one tight end on the week that is right, Zach Ertz. We told you guys, man, don't don't 
Don't put a fork in him yet. He's not done. Uh, he had nine catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he was he was back. That was good for 20.8 FanDuel points. Uh, you know, he really came through in this one for the Eagles. Uh, this Bears defense was susceptible, definitely on the ground in the run game, but also a little bit to the tight end position. So Zach Ertz found himself in a nice spot, but definitely took advantage of it, um, especially considering that Deshaun Jackson left very early in this one. So uh, that was it was encouraging to see his involvement throughout the game. Uh, and then Noah Fant, three catches, 115 yards, and one beast of a touchdown where he just truck-sticked a dude. So, um, you know, Noah Fant seems like since the departure of Emmanuel Sanders, he seems like he's been more involved in the offense in terms of uh, in terms of air yards and, and target share. So somebody that we might be able to play going forward. I know I recommended him before, but um, he's somebody that we probably look to be able to play going forward. Uh, and then Jacob Hollister, four catches, 37 yards, two touchdowns. I don't know what to make of this one, man. Um, you know, I, I could easily, we could easily dismiss this one and just call it game script dependent and game flow. But, um, you know, he's somebody that, that, you know, I don't know, man, like Will Disley was in a similar situation. And we said that, you know, you know, let's not, Hey, let's not overreact here. And, you know, if this guy is, if he turns out to be useful for the for the Seahawks and useful around the red zone, and Russell Wilson turns out to trust him, then it's something that you know could continue going forward. So, I, you know, I'm not going to add him. I'm not going to run to the waiver wire to, to to start him or anything. But definitely keep an eye going forward. Um, but he finishes as the tight end three, and they're rounding out the top twelve. George Kittle is a tight end four. Mike Gesicki the tight end five. Hunter Henry is a tight end six. Vance McDonald finishes as a tight end seven. Nick Boyle is a tight end eight. Blake Jarwin, Dallas Cowboys tight end. He's currently the tight end nine. He's got a one catcher, 42 yards, and a touchdown. So we'll see where he finishes. Kyle Rudolph is the tight end 11. Travis Kelsey as the, or sorry, uh, Kyle Rudolph as the tight end 10. Travis Kelsey is the tight end 11. And then Jack Doyle is the tight end 12. And by the way, Jason Wynn, currently the tight end uh, 14, but he's Having a pretty decent game, uh, six catches, 42 yards. That's good for 7.2 point FanDuel points. So he could continue to, to climb up the ranks here. So we'll have to monitor that as we go forward. But uh, performances that stick out to me, uh, Mike Kosecki, he's someone that, you know, we've been trying to, to put on here as a stream. I know Greg picked him. Greg picked him a few times, actually. I know I picked him once. Um, you know, he had a, a really good matchup against against this uh the Jets secondary, uh, you know, specifically the linebacking core that was tasked with, with covering Mike Kosecki, um, but the, you know, I mean, trying to cover Mike Kosecki, but he was good for six catches, 95 yards. So especially with the injury to Preston Williams, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he likes, he tends to like big body receivers. So maybe Mike Kosecki is somebody that we can continue to target going forward. Um, you know, Vance McDonald coming through with a touchdown, you know, I think this that might have been the nature of the matchup here. Vance McDonald against this Colts defense. The Colts defense has been pretty, pretty average against tight ends. Um, so you know they've been one to to kind of target. Um, so that could be a nature of that. And then Travis Kelsey again. You know, I just want to say Travis Kelsey is the only tight end that finishes the top twelve tight end every single week. So I know that it's kind of, um, you know, as a tight end as a Travis Kelsey owner, it's a little bit you know, um, disappointing to have him, uh, you know, not have these top three weeks, you know, week in and week out. Cause that's what you drafted him. That's what you spent that draft capital for. 
um, to, you know, have an advantage over your opponents at the tight end position. But, you know, positive regression has to be coming for him. He's going to be catching touchdowns. And especially if Pat Mahomes does come back this week, which that is the expectation that he will make it back this week. Travis Kelsey's, you know, back to having these blow-up spots. You know, I guess other performances that really stick out to me. Um, I guess, you know, let's just jump right to the Jags, man. Um, and then, for, so for me, the, Jag, the Jags, um, I, it's got to start with, a th- it's disappointing, man, but Mark Andrews, uh, he was my tight end sleeper on the year, but he's uh, he started out hot, but since then, he's been you know just about average. He's cleared 50 yards receiving just one time since his week two performance against Arizona. Um, and then, you know, week one, that was against Miami. So, you know, he's, he's cleared 50 yards receiving just one time. He's got one touchdown also during that span. You know he's he's not, he's really not getting it done, um, and you know I think it's a lot of it has to do with um, obviously he you know he dropped a, a ton of balls against Seattle, um, but you know I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that this the Baltimore Ravens they run so many tight ends he's not relied on as much you know when they when they have so many tight ends on the field, um, it's when they um, you know are throwing the ball a lot or, you know, they, they find themselves in a position where they, they need to score a ton of points. I think yesterday against the Ravens or, I mean, against the Patriots was a little bit different though, because obviously the Patriots, they're going to take away your best player, what you do best. Um, and so to the, the Baltimore Ravens or, you know, to New England, to New England, the Baltimore Ravens best receiver outside of, you know, Marquise Hollywood Brown was Mark Andrews. So, you know, I don't know. It's it's something that we have to watch going forward. But, you know, I think as we start getting to the playoffs, it's something that we have to monitor because, you know, you don't want to lose because, you know, you're just starting Mark Andrews in your lineup every 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 week and expecting, you know, top performance from him. So, um, yeah, something to monitor going forward. Other tight end performances that really, that really um, I guess, stick out to me. Cameron Brake and Zero, that kind of sucks, um, you know, because he had a good matchup against the Seattle secondary who – who gives it up to the tight end position. Um, so, you know, even if you were banking on a touchdown on a day where, you know, Jameis was was throwing them, you know, in a game where they were trying to come back, then I think that's disappointing. Jonu Smith, three catches, 18 yards. I think that's a little bit disappointing too. Um, you know, one of the things, though, is that this Carolina defense pretty good against the tight end. Um, so that's, you know, one thing to, to, con- to monitor going forward. Um, you know, this Carolina defense might just be, a, you know, a, a black hole for tight ends. So, um, you know, Darren Waller, two catches, 52 yards. <laughs> uh, not great. Um, but, you know, Darren Waller's been great all year, so we'll, we'll kind of live with that. Yeah, and then I guess other duds that stuck out for me, or Jags, I should say, that stuck out for me. At the receiver position, Robbie Anderson. Uh, yeah, that, that performance wasn't great. Two catches, 33 yards on four targets. Again, it's just, you know, I don't want to turn this into me just venting about the Jets, but Adam Gase, what are you doing, man? Rob Anderson has two catches for 33 yards. Why does he only have four targets? Like, what are we doing? But again, um, it's within the range of outcomes, terrible coaching uh, within the range of outcomes. So, um, you know, that's something that... Uh, we're going to have to monitor going forward about these Jets. Uh, Keenan Allen, three catches, 40 yards. That is absolute jag performance right there. Um, no apology in this one. Um, so, 
you know, you know, bruised ego as well for for me and, and everywhere where I have Keenan Allen. But uh, guys, this is Keenan Allen. This is what he does. Um, you know, he's gonna be hot for stretches of time like he was, and then he'll disappear, and then he'll be hot again. So um, you know, that's definitely something to keep in mind. DJ Shark, um, you know, that wasn't a great performance there either. Uh, the running back position. Guys that were that stuck out, Aaron Jones, um, he didn't have a great performance. Um, but again, you know this entire um, Green Bay offense didn't have a great performance or Green Bay team rather. Um, and then I don't, I'm not gonna bring his name up as a Jag, but I'm gonna bring him up in this segment um, just because you know he did have not the performance that everyone thought he would have uh, given the matchup. But that's gonna be Dalvin Cook. Uh, he had a, you know, it was a cake matchup against Kansas City. Uh, 21 carries, 71 yards. Got four receptions for 45 receiving yards. That was good for 13.6 uh, FanDuel points. And, the, again, I think it was a fine performance. Like, I'm like I'm not saying that this was a Jag performance in any way. I'm just bringing this up here because, um, you know, this is where we talk about the negative performances. Um, but I, I just want to note that, uh, Kansas City defense, they they got Chris Jones back. Uh, so I don't know if this is going to be the defense that we're expecting to attack, um, you know, to the level of magnitude that we were attacking them earlier in the season because uh, Chris Jones does make a difference in the middle of this defense, defensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's something that we definitely want to keep an eye on going forward, especially in DFS. Um, you know, that's something to just to, that we want to know going forward. Um, and then at the quarterback position, um, Jags that stuck out to me, I guess Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, 23 of 35, 161 yards, one touchdown. That was good for 12.94. Um, that's not great. Phillip Rivers too. That wasn't great. I mean, he had a great quarterbacking day, 21 to 28, 294 yards, no touchdowns though. So that was 11.76. Uh, my QB start of the week, Dak Prescott, not having a good day right now. Um, you know, just entered the fourth quarter, though, so uh, maybe that could turn around. Uh, but he's only got 9.98 points. Um, Sam Darnold, he's a Jet, so we weren't really expecting much, I guess. No, I'm joking. He was my stream of the week. Um, but again, range of outcomes, guys, range of outcomes. Yeah, no, and then that's, I think that's really it. You know, obviously, um, you know, we're not going to get on Jacoby Brissett. He got hurt. Oh, yeah, sorry. How could I miss this one? Mitchell Trubisky. You are a bum, my man. I'm sorry, man. But you had a matchup, cake matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. And all you could muster up for, for fantasy people, fantasy owners that even had a glimmer of faith in you was 10 for 21, 125 passing yards and 15 rushing uh 15 rushing yards good for 6.5 FanDuel points right Lamar Jackson got more points on a rushing touchdown yesterday than you did in your entire fantasy day so Mitch Trubisky you're a bum guys stay away from him uh he's he's an absolute bum so never again are we gonna start Mitchell Trubisky for any reason whatsoever not even if we're in a two-quarterback league with, you know, no other option except to drink poison. Maybe you start him in a two-quarterback league. But if it's super flex, I would honestly consider starting someone else in that position. Because, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Not Mitch Trubisky. All right, let's get right to that waiver wire, man. So those quarterbacks, which quarterbacks are we targeting off the waiver wire? 
So I'm going to throw out some guys that are, you know, pretty high owned, but uh, we want to just take a look in your league, see if they're available. Maybe they got dropped for something. Um, so you just, just take a look. But uh, Jameis Winston, he's got a matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, so I would take a look at him. He's 79% owned in Yahoo leagues. Um, I would, you know, check around, maybe see if he's owned because against this, this matchup against Arizona, against this, uh, you know, this high-scoring offense on the on the Arizona side. Again, but, you know, obviously, you know, this, this Arizona pass defense, which we know is, has been bad all year. So that's one that I'll take a look at. Obviously, you know, I, Kyler Murray, he's still pretty highly owned, but take a look to see if he's available as well because, you know, maybe he got dropped because, um, you know, he's got a matchup against Tampa Bay. So you want to take a look there. Um, and then Jimmy G, you know, uh, 67% owned in Yahoo Leagues. Uh, he's got a matchup against Seattle on Monday Night Football. Uh, obviously, we know how bad the Seattle uh, defense is. Um, you know, then obviously, Russell Wilson, he's on fire. Um, you know, is he going to be able to attack this San Fran pass defense? Um, you know, we don't know. So, but Jimmy G against the Seattle offense, definitely uh, like the matchup there. Um, you know, especially if, if there's bye weeks and, and things of that nature, then um, Jimmy G could definitely help you out. A guy I'd probably prioritize over Jimmy G, though, would probably be Derek Carr. He's 46% owned in Yahoo Leagues. He's got a matchup this week against the LA Chargers. Um, that could prove to be a little bit tough of a matchup, but we'll have to something that we'll we'll, you know, we'll preview that one going into Thursday Night Football before uh, you guys and gals have to make that decision on Derek Carr. But you know, so far so good. You know, it's something that we we will probably want to target. Uh, he he's been pretty good the last few weeks, so uh, you know we'll have to see how that continues going forward. But Derek Carr is somebody that we think we can trust, so I would go with him over Jimmy G. Ryan Tannehill, man, he's only 18% owned, but like I said, he's got a QB 13 finish, a QB 11 finish, and a QB 5 finish, so he's somebody that can uh, help us out, and especially, you know, he added, he adds a floor with his, uh, you know, he got a, a rushing touchdown, but, you know, Ryan Tannehill, if you know anything about him, uh, former college wide receiver that transitioned to quarterback, so he, he's got, he's got an athletic background, he's, he's got some mobility to him, so, um, He's got a matchup coming up next week against Kansas, the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, obviously Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes might be coming back, so you might have to, he might find himself in a shootout. So that's something that we like to we like to do expose or expose ourselves to the quarterbacks of opposing uh, offenses that you know they might have to keep up pace with, um, and then Brian Hoyer, uh, he's got a matchup against Miami. Um, you know, this Miami secondary is one that's typically beatable. So, um, you know, Brian Hoyer, obviously, uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's got an MCL-ish injury, according to, to head coach Frank Reich. So, um, you know, he's week to week, I guess. Uh, prognosis is that he should be out, should miss two or three weeks. Um, so we'll see. Uh, how how long Brian Hoyer can hold it down, but you know I think the Colts are a good enough offense, uh, good enough coaching staff to be able to weather this storm here. Uh, they weathered the Andrew Luck retiring, just you know weeks before the season started, so I think they'll weather this. Um, so Brian Hoyer, I think you know decent spot against Miami, um, and then last but not least, uh, he's playing right now Monday Night Football, but that's Daniel Jones, twenty seven percent owned 
in Yahoo leagues. He's got a matchup against the New York Jets. They might be the worst team in football. Um, definitely one of the worst coach teams in football. Let's put put it that way. But um, you know, Daniel Jones. He's got a matchup against them. He's you know obviously obviously he could use his legs. Only a issue I have with Daniel Jones though the turnovers. Um, you know he's already got an interception in this one, um, and he's put the ball on the ground a couple times already. So, um, you know it's definitely something that you don't you don't like in your day. But if your league doesn't penalize you for you know that heavily for turnovers, then um, then yeah, Daniel Jones definitely somebody that uh, could could target against this Jets defense. Um, and then just give you a note of teams that are on by this week. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles, New England Patriots, the Washington Redskins, the Denver Broncos, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans all on by. So um, that's just an idea of what we're what we're dealing with this week. Um, now let's get to those skill position players, you know, those running backs, those wide receivers, those guys that we're trying to pick up off waivers. I think the number one ad on the waiver wire for me this week at the running back position has to be Ronald Jones. Uh, again, 18 carries, 67 yards, got a touchdown. Um, Bruce Arians has come out and said he's the starting running back. He's the guy going forward. And I don't like Ronald Jones, but I like fantasy football. I like running backs with opportunity. So Ronald Jones, I'm going to pick him up. Um, you know, what I, what I burn – Number one waiver priority on him? Probably not. But if I'm desperate at the running back position, I, I would do it. Um, but, you know, if I, I like to – I'm of the idea. I like to add as much depth to my to my backfield as I can. I like to get as many stables and in, in the as many horses in the stable as I can. So, Ronald Jones, um, he's somebody that I would add. Um, you know, if you have some fab left, you know, maybe you throw, you know, a few bucks, you know, five bucks, you know, eight bucks – at Ronald Jones, just see if you can get him on your roster. Because uh, as we get closer to playoff time, you need those running backs. Uh, you need, you know, there's injuries. You, may, you know, a guy gets hot and he ends up as a flex play. So uh, Ronald Jones definitely could, could be useful going forward. The guy that I would add second on my list is, I mean, guys, again, there's not a lot at the running back position um, this week. But a guy I would add would be Daryl Henderson, the Rams running back. Uh, the rookie running back, he, he's cleared 30 rushing yards each of the last three weeks. Uh, he's got 11 carries each of the last two weeks. Um, obviously, we know the health concerns uh, with Todd Gurley. Uh, that's why Malcolm Brown was somebody that was popped up on this waiver wire list previously in the year. Um, and, you know, Malcolm Brown's health status isn't great, so we got to see what his situation is coming out of the bye. But, you know, he wasn't healthy with an ankle injury. And Daryl Henderson, again, third-round pick of the Rams. So, um, you know, that's pretty high draft capital. Uh, the Rams coming out of their bye. That's usually when teams try to get players acclimated into their offense or their system. You know, they usually make a change or something like that. So, not saying Todd Gurley is in danger of getting benched or anything, but something that we want to monitor because, you know, if Todd Gurley does get banged up, then Daryl Henderson – um, you know, has his eye on, on an every down roll here. Um, so, you know, again, if you're the Todd Gurley owner, you should own Daryl Henderson. Um, and then obviously we've got to see what Malcolm Brown's uh, status is, you know, going forward. But we'll have to monitor that as we continue to move forward. Um, next at the running back position, uh, Trey Edmonds is a guy that maybe needs to get added. Uh, Rams running or Steelers running back, um, 
Pittsburgh Steelers running back Trey Edmonds. He had 12 carries for 73 yards. Um, Jalen Samuels did perform just fine. He had 13 catches um, in that game against the Indianapolis Colts. But obviously, James Conner, he was doubtful on Sunday. Well, listed as out, um, but was doubtful. Listed as doubtful going into the game. Ended up not playing. So, um, you know, there's also a possibility he might miss this week's game as well. So, if that's a possibility, we also know Jalen Samuels. He's banged up dealing with, you know, coming back from a knee injury. Uh, Benny Snell, he's currently out with, uh, as he's undergoing, underwent knee surgery on his uh, on his meniscus. So, Trey Edmonds, uh, he was, he's one injury away from uh, potentially being in an every down role as well. Um, and then... Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he's undergoing an MRI today for a knee injury. Um, you know, he actually did play that entire game, so uh, not really um, sure when the knee injury happened, but uh, Bilal Powell and or Ty Montgomery would both, um, you know, be, I guess, in play, but I don't, I, how much do you really want to play running backs from a, a bad football team? I don't really know how interested you are in that. Um, maybe if one of them were to be used, um, then that would make them make it a little bit more appealing. But if it goes to a committee, then I don't really want any part of that. Um, and then speaking of bad football teams and running backs, um, Mark Walton it comes out that he he's been suspended four games by the NFL for a substance abuse policy violation. Um, so it's possible that uh, Ken Kalen Balaj is now back on the radar here. So. Uh, you know, we'll have to see how how that... Oh, sorry, I apologize. Mark Walton was not suspended for a substance abuse violation. It was... Well, it was viol- well sorry, I guess it was, a, it was from the substance abuse uh, policy, but it uh, stems from off-season arrests that he had um, previous off-season with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, which actually caused him to get waived. So, um, but I guess that is, turns out to be a violation of the substance abuse policy. So Mark Walton is out. That means Kalen Balaj potentially has some upside here. So that's something that we'll have to potentially monitor going forward. And then obviously some other guys that we can add. Darius Geis, he's supposed to be coming back to action week 11. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes going forward. But, um, you know, Adrian Peterson seems to be Bill Callahan's guy. So we'll have to monitor that one actually going forward. But if you have the room, make a speculative ad. Maybe you have an IR spot. You could maybe you could add Darius Geis um, with the hopes that maybe he could help you down the stretch. And then Kareem Hunt also returns from suspension this week. So uh, that's somebody that you might want to add. If I know he was drafted and held on to in a lot of leagues. So, um, you know, I, I'm not really all that interested in Kareem Hunt, but I, I understand uh, – why you would want to add him uh, obviously what he's done in the past I just don't know what his role will be like with Nick Chubb but um, you know that's completely entirely up to you um, and then in terms of handcuffs like we talked about it's cuffing season so uh, if you're a Dalvin Cook owner get Alexander Madison if you're a Christian McCaffrey owner get Reggie Bonifon if you're a Zeke Elliott owner get Tony Pollard if you're a Chris Carson owner get Rashad Penny Saquon Barkley owner get Wayne Gallman Right, you guys get the idea. Um, so you know we could talk more about this. If you're Lender Fournette owner, Ryquell Armstead, a lot of people don't know that name, but um, Ryquell Armstead, he was a draft pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So um, if you are the Lender Fournette owner, make sure you get Ryquell Armstead. 
um, as your handcuff because he's the only other running back behind uh, Leonard Fournette. And then moving forward, wide receivers in terms of the waiver wire, um, Devontae Parker, who we talked about, obviously. Um, you know, Preston Williams being out for the season, that bumps him up. Um, you know, more targets available to him. And then these Titans receivers, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. Uh, A.J. Brown, 19% owned. Corey Davis, 45% owned. Um, you know, they've got a matchup coming up against the Chiefs, who are actually pretty decent against the pass. So maybe this isn't a great matchup for the receivers because, um, you know, Kansas City's defense is particularly good against wide receivers. Um, so, you know, maybe there's a uh, – that's something we might want to shy, shy away from. But A.J. Brown, he intrigues me the most because he's got four catches, 81 yards in the last game. Um, you know, Corey Davis has the six targets. Um, A.J. Brown had a team-high seven targets. I like A.J. Brown's after-catchability, though, because – so that means that, you know, he doesn't really need um, – you know the you know accurate balls from the from the quarterback. He can kind of make things happen on his own, which you don't want a, a receiver to rely on all the time. But it's a it's it's nice uh, provides a steady floor. Um, and then Hunter Renfro, we talked about him. But, you know they're going to continue to be in high high over unders. Oakland Raiders are going to have to throw the ball. I really like Hunter Renfro. He's got back to back weeks. He's got four eighty eight and a touchdown and six for fifty four and a touchdown. So I really like Hunter Renfro. Um, and then. Another one, um, Josh Reynolds, Rams wide receiver. Um, you know, there's no timetable for when when Brandon Cooks is going to come back. So Josh Reynolds, he's got to be in play uh, as a potential wide receiver three uh, and a flex play going forward. Alan Lazard, you know, he's I think he's the number two receiver in, in Green Bay. Um, you know, he, he just Aaron Rodgers has been throwing the ball to him down the field. He's he was on the field uh, more than any other receiver not named Devontae Adams. So I think Alan Lazard, he's the number two receiver in that offense going forward. Darius Slayton, if Sterling Shepard continues to be out, um, Darius Slayton's somebody that obviously we know what his upside is like uh, with the, you know, the deep ball upside, but uh, he's got definitely some upside in this offense, especially next week when they go on to play the Jets. Um, who have struggled in the secondary. So I think Darius, Darius Slayton, he'll be able to, to uh, you know, provide some potential boom in your lineup. Um, and then get into the tight end position. Again, Jacob Hollister, we talked about him. Hey, if, you, if you're in trouble at tight end, which I know a lot of people are, maybe you can go there. Tyler Eifert, you know, he's six catches for, for on, on nine targets last week or in their last game against the Rams. Uh, and they've got a rookie quarterback, Ryan Finley, coming in. So, you know, rookie quarterbacks tend to lean on their tight ends. Uh, and then Mike Gusecki, uh, he's somebody I'd be interested in, especially with, um, you know, especially with Preston Williams being out, like we talked about. Uh, and then Noah Fant, he's also somebody that interests me at the tight end position. Um, but, again, that's, that's all we've got for tonight. Um, you know, it was a long one, but... Got to make sure you got the waiver wire stuff out there, cover those performances. Um, but again, appreciate you guys for listening. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at FF Diagnostics. Go and give us a rate and review, please. We very much appreciate that, especially if you could write a review on uh, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Google Play, wherever it is that you're listening to us. And as always, we are out.